This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of this podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. When Azita Nakui went missing in September 2004, there was widespread speculation that her disappearance was somehow connected to her work as an exotic dancer. Investigators were tight-lipped about the details surrounding her case. Police would only say that they believed Azita was a victim of a homicide and that they had zeroed in on a person of interest. For years, it seemed like Bakersfield police were never going to solve this case. Almost eight years after Azita was reported missing, an arrest was finally made. This is Vanished from the Marketplace? In 1994, Azita and Bobby Nakui immigrated to the United States. They settled in Fresno. Azita, who was more of a free spirit, differed from her conservative husband, who was 10 years older. According to their friends, this caused conflict in their relationship. Despite their issues, the couple tried to work through their problems and had a son in 1997. However, their marriage ultimately ended. Azita was granted custody of their child while her ex-husband had visitation rights. Seeking a fresh start, Azita moved to Bakersfield with her five-year-old son. She took up a job as a sales representative for a beauty supply company, aiming to provide the best life possible for her young son. Coming from a poverty-stricken family in Iran, she also took on a side job as an exotic dancer at the Deja Vu nightclub. This side job was very lucrative for the petite 29-year-old single mother. She sometimes earned as much as $500 a night. Azita's love life took a turn when she met Nathan Mowers, an insurance sales representative, and they quickly fell for each other. Soon, Nathan moved in with Azita and her son, and they found a new home together on Amber Grove Street in the Silver Creek neighborhood in southwest Bakersfield. Over time, Azita and Nathan decided to take their commitment further and got engaged. However, Azita's side job as a dancer caused issues not only with her relationship with Nathan, but also with her ex-husband, who expressed concern about its influence on their young son. Bobby Nakui and Zita's ex-husband started fighting for full custody of their child, motivated by his disapproval of her dancing job. Despite the escalating tension, Azita remained steadfast in upholding the original custody agreement. She regularly made the trip to meet Bobby and Tulare, a midway point between Bakersfield and Fresno, for their son's visitation weekends. 
When it was time for their son to return to Zeta, she would make the trek back up to Teleri for the handoff. This arrangement proved to be effective and mutually beneficial for both Azita and her ex-husband. She never missed a single exchange until Monday, September 6, 2004, Labor Day. On that day, Azita failed to show up to pick up her son in Tulare as scheduled to meet Bobby for the custody exchange. Concerned, Bobby tried reaching Azita on her cell phone but received no response. He then contacted Nathan, who informed him that the last time he saw Azita was in the afternoon when she left their home to run some errands. According to Nathan, her plan was to drive up to Tulare for the prearranged meeting to pick up her son at 6 p.m. Everyone who knew Azita found this highly unusual, as her son meant everything to her. Azita just wouldn't show up to pick up her son unless something was very wrong. Nathan eventually called the Bakersfield Police Department to report Azita missing. When officers interviewed Nathan, he told them everything was normal with him and Azita before she went missing. He provided them with information regarding Azita's custody battle with Bobby, her ex-husband. He also disclosed this little detail that Azita worked as a dancer at Deja Vu in addition to her regular job. Upon learning about Azita's involvement in such a risky profession, this new information significantly expanded the potential list of suspects. The investigators entered Azita's license plate into a database, enabling law enforcement to be alerted if her vehicle was ever pulled over, indicating that she was a missing person. The detectives visited Deja Vu and were informed that Azita had not worked at the club for over a week. They learned she only worked there when her regular job schedule allowed and when she had arranged childcare for her son. Next, they obtained the cell phone records for Azita, Bobby, and Nathan Mowers. Normally, Azita would make approximately 20 calls per day. However, since she had been reported missing, the cell phone records indicated no activity whatsoever, not even a signal. Reviewing Bobby Nakui's cell phone records, it was evident that he had not traveled south of Tulare. On the other hand, Nathan Maurer's cell phone data told a different story. His records revealed multiple calls made to Azita, but it was discovered that he was in the Mojave Desert during the time those calls were placed. When confronted with this evidence, Nathan maintained that he had no knowledge of what had happened to his fiancée. Four days after Azita's disappearance, her abandoned car was discovered in the Marketplace parking lot. Authorities conducted a thorough search for biological evidence, but no blood was found. The DNA and fingerprints recovered belonged only to Azita and Nathan, indicating that no unauthorized individuals had access to the vehicle. However, 
Investigators did uncover a significant clue from her car. The position of the driver's seat. Despite Azita being five feet two inches, the seat had been adjusted for someone at least seven inches taller. This led investigators to conclude that Azita had not driven her car to the marketplace. This is one of the details police chose not to disclose to the public. As far as the media and the public were aware, the marketplace was the most likely place she had last been. Azita's fiancé, Nathan Mowers, printed up missing person flyers. With the assistance of her friends, they distributed the flyers throughout the marketplace, handing them out to shoppers and hanging them in store windows. The police lacked substantial evidence to make an arrest in the case. Although Nathan Maurer's cell phone data appeared suspicious, it was insufficient for taking him into custody. However, it proved enough grounds to persistently question and pressure him regarding his fiancée's disappearance. Nevertheless, he remained steadfast in his account, stating that he last saw Azita in the afternoon before she was reported missing. As the investigation into Azita and Nathan's relationship continued, more information came to light. Friends began disclosing to the police that the couple's relationship was far more tumultuous than Nathan had portrayed. One of Azita's friends revealed that Azita had confided in her about Nathan's abusive and violent behavior. According to her account, Nathan had once choked Azita to the point where she almost lost consciousness. Despite these revelations, the evidence still fell short of being sufficient to charge Nathan Mowers with any crimes related to Azita's disappearance. To make himself look a little more suspicious, a few weeks after Azita went missing, Nathan Mowers abruptly left Bakersfield without informing anyone. In early October 2004, he was apprehended in Wisconsin with several guns, a dog, and $20,000 in cash. Bakersfield detectives traveled to Wisconsin to conduct further questioning. Mowers continued asserting his innocence, claiming that he had relocated to Wisconsin to start a new business. As time went on and Azita remained missing, investigators grew increasingly convinced that she had met with a fatal outcome. Despite the absence of her body, the police concluded that she was deceased due to compelling evidence. Her failure to contact her son or her family in Iran, as well as the lack of any activity on her bank accounts and credit cards. Azita's case remained stagnant. It lingered for years without any new leads, developments, or arrests. In a 2009 interview with the Bakersfield Magazine, when asked if Azita's disappearance surprised him, Nathan Mowers said it didn't surprise him. Quote, considering the people she was hanging around with, I could have predicted it. Unquote. It seems Nathan Mowers was 
insinuating that whatever happened to Azita, she caused herself. After Azita had been missing for years, Detective Herman Caldas finally decided to alter his approach when interrogating Nathan Mowers. Aware of Mowers' affection for Azita's young son, whom he had treated as his own, Detective Caldas strategically posed questions that would tug at Mauer's emotions. This change in tactic proved effective. Despite years of vehemently denying any involvement in Azita's disappearance, Nathan Mowers eventually confessed. Mowers admitted to detectives to strangling Azita to death during a heated argument at their residence. He proceeded to recount how he transported her lifeless body to the Mojave Desert in San Bernardino County. Rather than burying her, he left her exposed to the unforgiving elements and wildlife of the desert. Mowers cooperated with investigators and led them to the location where he claimed to have dumped her body. However, after eight years had passed, there was no trace of Azita to be found. Mowers also informed investigators that it was him who drove Azita's car to the marketplace. He did this to make it look like that was the last place she visited before vanishing. After abandoning the car, Mowers walked the four miles home to the Silver Creek neighborhood. All that speculation about Azita's work as an exotic dancer playing a role in her case turned out to be incorrect. Azita was a victim of domestic violence. It took eight long years to solve this case. In a plea deal with the Kern County District Attorney's Office, Nathan Mowers pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter. For this guilty plea, he was sentenced to 11 years in prison. Four months after Mowers was sentenced, lab results from some bones found in the area where he claimed to have dumped the body came back as remains belonging to Azita. It appears Nathan Mowers is no longer incarcerated. Resources used to research this story, the Bakersfield Californian, KGET News, Bakersfield Now, KERO News, and the detective TV series, Tell Doom, Do Us Part. This is Robert Peterson. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another Notorious Bakersfield story. Until then, stay safe, stay out of trouble. Don't become a future episode of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. See you back next week.